Welcome to the Not Sorry Art Podcast. I'm Sari Shrike, the artist and creator behind Not Sorry Art. I'm so excited to talk art and creativity with you. So grab a drink, grab a snack, and let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to the Not Sorry Art Podcast. I'm Sari. Thanks for being here. Today is the second part of a four-part series that I'm doing on motivation. I am starting back my season in January, January 1st. I I actually happen to love kind of the new year. I know that it's a man-made Gregorian calendar, you know, construct that there's a really big movement to say that the year starts in spring and I agree with that I think that for me it's easier to have motivation when the days are longer and it's nicer outside but I will say the thing I love about January is that it's a great time to plan it's a great time to sort of begin to sort of while you're in dormancy mode to start thinking about like what are you wanting to achieve in the new year and it's less about having the rigidity of like what are you doing January of the following year? Have you met those goals? And more of a time to start new <laughs> and think about new ideas. Again, I know it's a construct, but I I always appreciate it. Perhaps it's because I'm very Sagittarian in nature and the season right before the beginning of the new year for me, for a lot of people I think, but is, you know, full of a lot of like exploration and chaos and indulgence and not that any of that is bad in any way. You know, I think it's just... I don't know. Maybe I'll just chalk it up to Capricorn season. We'll just leave it there. But I love a good January 1st. And I think nothing is a better testament to that than my love of a daily painting challenge. I, as some of you may know, I started this account, (laughs) my Not Sorry Art account, um, actually on a daily drawing challenge. It quickly morphed into painting, but it was just whatever was accessible to me. And at the time, it was just sketchbook drawings. And um, I did that very consistently for about two years closer to three I'll get into the details a little bit but um, where I made a whole new drawing sketch painting whatever every single day (laughs) and I am really grateful for that experience that being said one thing I've heard kind of recently um, on the internet (laughs) is that a lot of people are sort of criticizing that daily painting challenge because the truth of it is it was kind of everywhere for a while. I started mine January 1st, 2016, and I would say from about, yeah, 2015 to like 2019 maybe. Um, if you wanted to grow an art account on Instagram, it was maybe one of the most obvious simple surefire ways to do that everyone pushed it you know whether or not someone did it or not if someone was new and they wanted to start they would say have you tried a daily painting challenge and I think there was some pushback in the years since I think a lot of it is that those daily painting challenges felt very I don't know girl boss kind of where it was not to say that only women participated but more that it just kind of felt like rise and grind push every day and I feel like that is kind of misunderstanding what the essence of the challenge is supposed to be. But I also can see how if your goal is to like make one whole new thing to keep up with the algorithm and that's kind of your, you know, reason you're doing a daily challenge, then yeah, I totally can agree with that. So I wanted to talk through basically just like the pros and cons of a daily painting challenge, share my 
experience and why I think it ties into motivation because I think the key to figuring out if daily painting or daily whatever <laughs> is a good fit for you if that making that commitment will actually help you has more to do with the nature of what your commitment to motivation looks like and you know what that looks like for you and there's no right or wrongs I'm very you know of the mindset that it's you know it really is going to be tailored to each individual what their needs are where they're at in life what other burdens they sort of carry with them and so there's not one kind of sweeping answer are these daily challenges good or bad I think it's pretty custom and so I want to talk through what aspects of that you might want to consider if you're thinking about doing a daily painting challenge and um, yeah hopefully that's really insightful so if that sounds good to you if you are excited to hear about that and you want to be motivated to commit to something in the new year perhaps <laughs> then stay tuned so I know I've talked about this before which I'm just going to very briefly skim over kind of my mindset and where I was prior to committing to a daily drawing turned painting challenge back in January of 2016. So um, I had graduated in May of 2014 from my undergrad, which um, I was a graphic design and fine art major specializing in painting. So I had made a lot of really good artwork and specifically paintings during my undergrad. I had an amazing painting professor. I had some really good peers and studio mates. I, I had the structure of having a studio. I had the very important incentive of like needing to pass and make good grades <laughs> to keep me motivated. It's like sometimes I hear of recent college grads struggling and I I feel like the most obvious thing is like, well, you no longer have, you know, a really clear cut incentive to make good art, you know, and I think that that can't be downplayed enough. So cut to, I graduated, there were a lot of factors here, a lot of like stuff caught up with me <laughs> during that time and I just had the kind of the you know quarter life crisis so to speak uh, moved to a different town my husband started a job where he was gone all the time he was the only person I knew in Austin and um, I <laughs> found out I was pregnant all kind of in the span of like nine months or like within a year for sure so 2015 was a rough year I didn't make any art during this time um, I had bounced around jobs and I don't know. I didn't, it was just, yeah, I could make a whole podcast about it. I'm not going to, but it was just a confusing time. You know, a lot of people can relate to that in their 20s. So here I was at the very end of 2015, hadn't really made art for about a year and a half, um, was feeling not quite like myself. I had started some therapy. So I was starting to maybe, you know, do some really fundamental basic work and like had the epiphany and breakthrough that I am like a valuable person and I deserve love. I know. <laughs> I, I was a mess anyways fundamental changes though and so that even just that shift and I talked about it a little bit in last ep, last week's episode laid the groundwork for me and had me sort of approach making goals for myself in a different way so the emphasis from that like core of like okay I'm a person who deserves love and kindness and good things in life <laughs> had me say is the next thing I put my energy into because I you know had at this point you know, been a pretty good athlete. Um, I had been, I did pretty good at my grades. I, you know, I, anything I'd set my mind to, I'd been moderately successful at. So I remember thinking, okay, if I'm going to put my mind to something, maybe it doesn't matter if it's something that's immediately a sign of success because that had been a big motivator of mine. I grew up in poverty. I really had a chip on my shoulder. I had something to prove. Um, you know, I think a lot of people who grew up like that relate to that where it starts out, you're just trying to prove your humanity to people that you're like a real person and you're not just like you know a, a, a poor kid covered in cigarette smoke and old clothes that you're a human worthy of 
the same respect of everyone else. So all of my motivation had been about doing the best and being the best that I could be to prove something to the outside world. And while I think I can't undermine how beneficial that was in my life, I also think that it created this detachment for myself where I didn't know kind of what I wanted for my sake. And so realizing that looking inward was probably a good place to start. That's one. And two, I became aware that okay, maybe it doesn't matter if I'm like immediately doing something successful and I may actually have to make stuff that looks kind of cringy and like I've slipped backwards in progress in order to figure things out. And I think that I'm, I look back and I was incredibly grateful for that insight because that paved the way for a decision I made in December of 2015. So I remember exactly where I was in my neighborhood. It was like this hilly neighborhood in like central Austin and I would walk with um, my oldest, my baby, <laughs> she was two months old at the time, in an ergo. I would do like miles and miles because we were broke and there really wasn't much else to do. So I had this little secondhand ergo carrier that I would carry my baby around in uh, for like an hour, two hour walk. And I remember on one of these walks, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to, you know, January 1st is a couple weeks away. I'm just going to choose to do a drawing every single day. And at this point, I had seen on my social, my personal Instagram, people selling art, <laughs> you know, via like the Explore page. Um, and I remember one time I saw someone do these little abstracts and they were, I don't know, four by four-ish. And underneath on their graphic, they had like $50 for each. And I was broke enough that that was very exciting. <laughs> I mean, that's exciting, I, whoever you are. But I remember thinking like, if even if one of those sold, like that's pretty big for me. <laughs> so multiple things were happening at once. I was like, this, I could eventually earn back my time. Because again, when you're very low income or you're a student or, you know, you're you're operating on a shoestring budget, People like to think that it's like it's very altruistic to make art for art's sake. And I, I think it is. And if you have the capacity for that, like kudos, good for you, genuinely. But um, a lot of people, <laughs> the reality of living life is that they have to be able to buy their time back. So for me, it was I'm going to commit to myself something, you know, and then it was a mixture of, OK, and maybe this thing could eventually make money. It doesn't have to right away because I was kind of on, I wouldn't call it maternity leave. I was not getting paid, but I was budgeting and doing odd jobs and instacart <laughs> to kind of make things work and i was like eventually i could substitute those odd jobs with maybe selling some artwork all that to say all of these factors were enticing enough for me to like commit to something fully and you know i at this point knew that if i could commit to something and the if was the big part you know if i could commit that i could really commit to something and i knew this because i proved this to myself and I, I had a certain amount of trust in myself from running you know, a lot of times during off season and stuff, and certainly when I was in high school and I didn't have as much of a like structured team atmosphere, I motivated myself to do it. So I knew that if, if I really thought something was like going to solve multiple problems for me, I could commit to something. And that was sort of the big choice that happened. So I knew that daily painting existed. I knew that you could sell art on Instagram potentially. And so I created, I think just on January 1st of 2016, uh, Not Sorry Art. And it was a playoff of my, you know, Not Sorry. My personal Instagram handle was Sari Not Sorry. It's a joke I've been making forever and ever and ever. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard the story. If not, it's just like ever since I was in kindergarten, teachers would read my name. A lot of people pronounce it Sorry. It looks kind of like S-A-R-I. 
I looks like it might be pronounced with the, uh, what is it? Short vowel sound. <laughs> Sari. Uh, and Sari is how you pronounce it. So I've been saying it's Sari, not sorry forever. And so Sari, not sorry was a very, you know, mid 2010s kind of choice. Um, and then, um, that my personal account was that too. And it was also kind of a reflection of like, I with you know, still struggle with this, but was at the time very much a person where if someone bumped into me, I would say, sorry, it was like my gut instinct for everything. And so it was like, I don't know, I wasn't inviting all my friends to be here. It was a very like personal moment of self-exploration. And truly that was the goal. Like I was just wanting to see like, you know, if I commit to this, which I know I can do, what will it look like a year from now, you know, 30 days from now, uh, whatever from now, would I even like art? I mean, that goes to show you how kind of lost I was at this moment. So I started, it was just a little notebook I had, (laughs) I think left over from college. And I started with a doodle. And, you know, the important thing to know about this is I had attempted to paint multiple times during that year and a half where I unintentionally took a break from art. I set up like a little painting area on the back patio. Granted in Austin, that means you can't use it like nine months of the year. It's too hot. But I tried and I just couldn't get myself to stick to it. And it was because I wasn't like fully, fully, fully committed because I was scared to post something that wasn't up to par with my college work because I didn't want to let people think that I was failing as an artist. And like, it's so silly because looking back now, like, I mean, unless you just like are born with all of the doors open for you, which most people are not, (laughs) you have to just make art that isn't going to sell and is just going to be like step one. Like I mentioned in the last episode with E.T. and the little Reese's Pieces, like you have to do your first painting. And even if it's not bad, like it can't, it's not going to like blow the lid off the art world. That's just not how that works. You know, maybe there's someone out there who their first painting was, was viral and like that's amazing. But for most people, you just make a painting and then you make another and then you make another. Anyways, so, but I put, I just, it's, you just put so much pressure on yourself. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's just like, it's an undue amount of pressure. You know, it's really, this has to be so successful to warrant the time, the energy, the money, the potential embarrassment. And I think it was that exact thing that I was trying to get away from that caused me to do daily painting. So, what is daily painting outside of obviously committing to something on a daily sort of um, commitment? And I think the thing is, it's a trade-off. Like it's not just like you make the best painting every single day forever. Like kudos to people who, again, can do that. But for me, it was the trade-off for consistency, especially that level of consistency, was bad art. (laughs) Okay, at this time, I had the skill that where I probably like, if somebody said like, we're going to like take your car to the dump and you'll have no way to get around if you don't make the best painting ever of something that I was familiar with painting. I did a lot of landscapes. Let's just say a landscape and you have a month to finish it. Like I, yeah, I could have, I could have certainly made a painting that was pretty good with that kind of pressure. But I had developed some, some habits, some things that kept me, you know, I hadn't really developed how to make my own personal practice, how to be self-motivated, how to integrate painting into my daily schedule, how to tell other people, hey, I can't, I'm painting. Oh, are you a professional artist? No, but I'm working on getting better. I hadn't developed, I would call it just like the skills of being able to navigate life with a practice that isn't like directly making you money right away. (laughs) It is a skill. It's a skill. You have to rehearse what you say to people. You have to practice what you're going to tell yourself and how you're going to prioritize it and how you're going to budget for it. Like it is a skill to protect something like that from the monster of capitalist 
pressure to make everything profitable right away. And so that was one of the key things for me where I made these paintings and I posted them to Instagram for the sake of accountability and finding a community. And most of them were not good. They're still there. You can go look at them. They're not great. (laughs) And, but it felt, it felt so good to do it after the cringe of making something kind of subpar and posting it like wore off. I was like, okay, you did it. And then of course, when you made it to 30 days, which was my first kind of soft goal, it's like, let's just make it to a month. It had become part of my routine by that point, still making crap art, but routine. And then by about a hundred days, I all of a sudden had a handful of people we were following each other. Like I didn't crack 2000 followers for like two years. So it was really just like a small beans operation of like personal growth um, happening there. But, and I would say similarly, I wasn't making artwork that I was legitimately proud of. And that's personal to everyone. But, you know, until, until definitely after a year in, maybe closer to the year and a half point. And even then it was kind of spotty. It was just inconsistent. What daily painting taught me the most important thing was trust. Trust in myself. So trusting that I would become fortified enough, strong enough, committed enough to not just like, you know, white knuckle, like show up and grind. But even if I made a terrible painting, I trusted that there was enough of me committed to the practice of trying and attempting and growing that I would show up the next day. And that seems small, but that's actually pretty profound. Think about it again, like I said in the last episode of like you have two parts to you, your your dual. You you have the part of you that's wise and that knows that you have to do something over and over to get better. You have to do something over and over to find reach and community. And that improving requires consistency to some level. It doesn't have to be daily, but consistency, whatever that looks like for you. And then you have the part of you that doesn't want to paint, <laughs> would rather scroll TikTok, gets really emotional when they don't make something that's great or is what they had pictured in their brain. A, t- a toddler. I mean, I really, I think the best way to describe it is if you've ever spent time with a toddler. It's like, sweet adorable well-meaning but like insane and chaotic at the same time (laughs) and I just like you would if you were nurturing a toddler you know if they made a mess if they did something and their emotions are really big because they are processing a disappointment in some capacity you don't say to that toddler (laughs) yeah this is really bad like you should never try to walk again or like never try to ride a bike again or never try to you know do whatever basic life skill again like that's never how you would approach it you would be like okay I see you're disappointed like wow that is a big feeling disappointment no one likes to deal with that that's hard yeah where do you feel it in your body oh yeah that's good I I hear you and then you would say (laughs) we're gonna try again we're gonna do every you wouldn't pack up the crayons and never bring them out again a good nurturing caregiver would validate the emotion step one feel the emotion like whatever it looks like and it can be silly art can elicit like the craziest things like you don't know what you're dealing with until you've like done the work and you're sitting there with like this ugly messy terrible painting and like yeah it could just be as simple as like that's frustrating I couldn't mix the right green all the way to like my parents are right I'll never amount to anything like you just never know what's going to come up and so holding the space for that especially when you start implementing a practice is incredibly important and that compassion that comes with being like Yes, that's valid. Yes, that's frustrating. Yes, it sucks that it happened every single day this week. But we're going to bring out the crayons tomorrow and we're going to have a fresh new start. And it's really not that consequential because you, the caregiver and the toddler, have built up trust that we'll keep trying. That we're not going to overly 
you know, catastrophize all of these mistakes that will happen. And we're just going to keep showing up. And the keep showing up is so powerful. <laughs> like, I think it's more powerful than like the like bro nine to five, like wake up, at, you know, or what is it? The five to nine before you're nine to five. Like the, it's so much like I feel like sometimes they get really frustrated because I feel like that sort of hustle grind capitalist culture has sort of a, like taken our ability to have nuance around like the beauty and the power of being super duper consistent and how when you're doing that truly for yourself, whatever that looks like, how that is one of the most powerful tools we have in our arsenal for ourselves, for everyone else, for community, whatever you want to do. I always think of it and I've always thought of it like the Grand Canyon, like it's drips of water. It seems so inconsequential. But time can be your biggest ally. And the last thing I'll say kind of on that before I get to the cons <laughs> is I think there's a unique perspective that you have as a woman also. And I'm, I'm not exclusive to women, but like anyone who's women adjacent, I would say, might feel this and some men might feel this too to some degree where, you know, during this time, in my early mid-ish 20s, you know, 23, 24 years old, um, I had overcome a couple of injuries from running. And one thing I had to kind of contend with as I was at a, a place where I was considering kind of going down the like running kind of sub-elite level, I had a pretty good half marathon time and I was toying with the idea but I didn't like the idea that I was going to put so much energy into something that was A, financially risky. I mean, so is art. <laughs> um, but B, like my lifespan for how long I could do that without my body breaking down uh, was not that long. I didn't want to do something where my peak was going to be in my late 20s, like generously in my late 20s. And I think it was that same kind of instinct and awareness of sort of limitations that made me realize like as a woman, time could be my enemy. <laughs> time could be my biggest nemesis, but the gift of time shows itself through consistency. So, in st you know, the year and a half where I didn't paint, it didn't feel like a year and a half. Like I had been in school all the time, all the way up until 22. And then that year and a half that I didn't paint, it felt like I blinked and granted a lot happened in that year. But I realized that time could be your enemy in multiple ways. And, you know, one, there's this cultural standard of beauty with women and how... <laughs> how women are socially conditioned to sort of fight that. And I, I get that. I'm not going to break that down here. And then also that if you're not doing something super intentional, you know, especially under capitalism the way it is and how it's exploitative of time, that I could battle with this. And I knew that I would battle with this for the rest of my life. But if I had the chance to do something daily and let time be the conveyor belt that teased out the greatness and the potential and the value and whatever I was committing to, that I could find peace with that in a way that was really meaningful. And it was an insight I had in my mid-20s, early 20s. And all I can say is I want to go back in time and hug that, Sari, because that insight has been one of the most powerful things that I have ever had in my entire life. Now I'm, I'm going to briefly talk about the cons <laughs> um, because I, I think it's important because here's what I would say. I, you know, I can talk all day long about the pros of daily painting and I think I have to fight the urge to just be like, well, don't commit to daily painting if A, you don't have the time genuinely and I think each individual person is aware of what that looks like. Um, and then also if you're going to expect perfectionism out of it, because the thing about daily painting for me was that it, it, it challenged and broke down my perfectionist tendencies because the goal was just make something. Don't worry if it's good or bad. It created the space for me to be really, really productive and play and curious without it having to be good. Now, what eventually ended up happening and why I phased out of daily painting is my 
and th- and I think this is something that will happen with everyone is eventually you learn how to deal with your inner perfectionist and if you are very intentional with it your inner perfectionist can actually be kind of your best friend <laughs> it's your taste it, it can protect you it's you know it's it can do a lot of good for you and as my skill and my inner my ability to deal with my inner perfectionist like improved and changed and you know over the time like just eventually changed and became something that was more peaceful and a better more productive part of my creative process um the desire to just make something every day versus the desire to like do something like see something out to the full potential I had in my head and in my mind all of a sudden the idea of committing to something daily started to feel at odds with that and I would say that happened probably at the end of 2017 so two years in I stopped doing daily painting I still painted daily but it wasn't a finished product part of this was I wanted to paint bigger and you can't do that in one day especially if you want to have something that feels like it lives up to your potential the benefit is I I learned how to solve problems really quickly But I remember another key moment where I decided that maybe daily painting in that capacity of like one finished painting every day could have a downside was I remember it was about this time 2017 or 18 and I was in a like Instagram group chat with a handful of other daily painters and we did this like art dare thing together where we like did art challenge it was very cute very 2018 or whatever (laughs) and um one of the people in the group is just like super intense and um I remember like one one of the four of us um they had a kid that was sick and they were like, I'm not going to paint today. I'm not going to do the group challenge. Like I'm, you know, sorry guys. And two of us, me and another person were like, oh, you like take care of your kids. Like, I think we're all moms. Anyways, no big deal. I'll take care. You know, see you next week on the challenge. Uh, and the one person was like, I think, I think they meant well, but they were just like, you can do it. You can push through it. And again, that feedback is going to be <laughs> For some people, it's what they needed. And for other people, it's not. And I think that I realized in that moment that there's a level of intensity that maybe doesn't necessarily serve all your goals. And I think in that instance, I started to kind of see why maybe you couldn't be prescriptive with daily painting, that it couldn't, it doesn't always fit everyone. And in fact, if you sort of forced yourself into it when you aren't ready or when you're balancing things that need your attention, that it could potentially be kind of harmful (laughs) and like counterproductive. And so I would say it's that that sort of helped me to realize, you know, it's not for everyone. And I think honestly, it comes back to the idea of trust. If you are in a place where maybe daily painting sounds like it's good for you but you don't know if you can commit to it you're in a busy season of life maybe you're pregnant maybe you just had a baby maybe you're having to take care of a parent more maybe you have a chronic illness that like potentially could flare up or unexpectedly does flare up I think with trust if you break promises to yourself enough it can actually end up kind of hurting your relationship with yourself which I know sounds kind of silly to talk about but I think daily painting the benefit of it is that you're building a relationship with yourself you're muting the inner perfectionist you're being consistent you're showing up you're building trust and if you are in a position where you the risk is that you constantly disappoint yourself while holding on to that desire to have daily practice then I would definitely warn against it I would you know I would say that there's a lot of ways that you can be really creative with what commitment looks like for you you know, you might be someone who struggles with seasonal depression and like starting a daily challenge in the middle of winter um, 
is going to be like the worst thing. Like you're you're going to not commit. You're not going to commit. It's going to be a train wreck. And by the time March rolls around, and we start getting those nice warm days and like the dopamine hits. Painting has just left a bad taste in your mouth or whatever craft you're doing or, you know, whatever creative project you're doing. So, you know, I would say like be aware of your own tendencies and be just like a caregiver, like be aware of what your limitations are, just like if you're caring for a toddler and try to use that higher mind or that more frontal lobe part of yourself to come up with a plan that would serve you the best. And the other kind of con ties into a pro and it's kind of the last thing I'll I'll say on this is, you know, daily painting is also really good for like kind of rapid growth in like both technique and style. So I want to be careful because again, I want to try to lean away from being prescriptive about this, but I have found over the years that the people who tend to take best to daily painting well, on one hand are the people who like their lifestyle just fits it. You know, they they have time, they have like, you know, a two hour chunk every single day that they know that they can paint in and they enjoy it. They get pleasure out of it. It's just like fits them because, you know, you can't forget like some of the people who like rocked the daily painting and like really just did well with it are the kind of people where that kind of structure fits them. They paint small, they, they have smaller, more observable documentation of life. That's kind of when I was at my daily paintingist like that's the kind of art that I wanted to make and as I grew out of that daily painting began to make less sense so some people just like it just vibes with them well and it's simple as that it doesn't not for everyone it doesn't always feel like climbing uphill like you know army crawling uphill under barbed wire like for some people daily daily painting is actually probably going to be easier than trying to work through a big painting I would say like part of it for me also the reason I was very good at it is because I needed the dopamine from completion to keep me motivated enough to paint and so for a lot of reasons it worked just kind of like with my personality now if you don't have kind of the personality fit for it and it is a little bit of extra effort for you I would say that one of the things that I see people do really well at least for temporarily doing daily painting whether again it's just two weeks it's a month it's a hundred days it's a year whatever is you're trying to improve your skill and or you're trying to find your style so both of those things require I think frequent repetition (laughs) in my opinion if you're trying to paint representationally I I guess I can't speak to every kind of creative medium but for painting for sure like you have to uh, you can't go months and months and months between kind of leveling up because you do kind of slide backwards you know you make some progress and you slide backwards you do that with anything but you know I find that if you're wanting to really like I want to get really good at portraits if you do a hundred of them in like a year or in like a 200 day period or a, you know whatever that kind of effort will yield results like I I have almost never seen an exception to that like I maybe I have none that I can remember and so you know if it isn't if daily painting is like it is a tremendous amount of effort for you if you're motivated by that, I would say that that's probably a good fit. Now, if you're the con, the other side of the coin, of course, is if you're not, you know, you've already found your style, your skill is in a good place, you, you're making minor tweaks, if any at all. I find that those people are the people who usually don't benefit from daily painting. Uh, they already have a practice, they already have a certain amount of trust. And in that case, what is the motivation for daily painting? Well, it, I guess on one hand, it's to say you did it having a streak is really cool um but a lot of times I've seen daily painting pushed for algorithmic reasons for social media to do well because you know 
there was a time when consistency was king on social media. It's less so, but it's not so much that consistency isn't helpful anymore. It's that it's consistency plus like random virality. And so you like need both. It's it's just hard. And I would say if that is your thinking, if it's to like have a lot more content to put on social media, I would be weary. I think a better strategy is to begin to find other ways to post that don't require you finishing a whole painting every single day or most days in order to to meet that goal because that is a recipe for burnout. And I think that in lies the big con that a lot of people have with daily painting is yeah, if you don't have all the reasons, if you're not in a place where you can post ugly art and be fine with it, you are setting up a recipe for burnout. And burnout is not to be taken lightly. Like it really is to me kind of like a creative injury where, you know, some people may just take a couple months off and then they're fine again. But just like in running, like some people's injuries like potentially, you know, hurt them for a long time. I don't want to put a time on it and scare anyone. But you know, you do run the risk of really damaging your creative relationship with yourself. So I think, you know, I'm glad there's people out there sort of saying like daily painting isn't all that it's cracked up to be. It can burn you out. I'm glad that there's a multitude of voices out there. I just wanted to add my kind of two cents as someone who I think wouldn't be here now without it. And I wanted to sort of break down why it could be helpful and why it could potentially be hurtful and who might be a good fit for it. So hopefully something I said in there resonated with you it made sense helped you to clarify it you know my last last thing I'll say is like however you choose to apply yourself you know through consistency and consistency can look different for everyone be as creative in how you structure your creative practice as you are with your art I I sometimes say in like my like um whenever I taught like art social media kind of stuff you know that there's as many ways to build a business structure as there are to paint on a canvas. And I would say that that goes in so many different directions. You are in charge of your own practice. Just think of yourself like a professor, like how if your goal is to like have an actualized body of work that you can write an artist statement and go apply to a galleries by the end of 2024, that is a great goal. That's a, that's kind of maybe one of my goals. That's a really good goal. It's going to require a pretty decent amount of commitment. Then step backwards. Like as a teacher, you start with your goal. Then you start with your objective. Like what do you need to have in place to get to that, to be able to make that application, to how many paintings do you need realistically to meet that goal? Research that. Step one back. Okay, if I need 10 paintings, what does my timeline breakdown look like for that? And then, you know, I'm trying to think of like tree branches like going this way. Like, you know, you have your your goal and then you have your objectives and then those branch out into like timeline and material costs and all of these things. And then just keep stepping backwards until you get to all these like small little actionable things. And at that point, you can sit at that and be like, how do I get all of these things into my life? And what are creative ways I can change my life or like ask for help in my community or crowdsource or whatever it looks like to you to get these things to happen you know just treat your creative practice with as much respect as like a business pro would treat their business like be proud of it really crunch numbers if you need to or mind map if you need to and then figure out from that not just some arbitrary like daily painting goal what that consistency and commitment might look like for you your your practice your goals are worth that extra bit of effort and i will just say effort spent doing that 
is often much better than effort spent sort of like, like white knuckling and grinding your way through a commitment just because it's convenient and neatly packaged to be like, I paint every day. So, you know, those are my thoughts. Hopefully, again, <laughs> hopefully that was helpful. Next week's episode will be about talking about discipline, which is, feels like a big, scary kind of word, but I wanted to break it down with like compassion and examples. So if you're excited, stay tuned for that. I also wanted to say that today's episode is sponsored by my book. I have a book coming out. I'm so proud of this, guys. Um, the links are already up. I'll have them in the show notes, but the book is called Modern Still Life, From Fruit Bowls to Disco Balls. It is my take on a step-by-step painting book. I am really excited about it. Not only does it have like motivational tips and tricks to keep you going in your practice but it also has clear and beautiful and full color breakdowns of the step-by-step process in my paintings so I could not be more excited about it if you wanted to check it out pre-order it it would help me more than you even know and I know you guys are going to love this book thank you again take care talk to you next week and happy creating Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here. I wanted to also encourage you guys to leave a review. The feedback is incredibly helpful. And if you leave a review, I will read your handle or your name on the following week's episode. This week, I'd like to thank Kayla B for their incredibly kind and thoughtful review that they left. Again, thank you so much. Take care, y'all, and happy creating.